Welcome to the South Carolina Building the Bridge podcast. I'm your host, Matt Mitterell. The South Carolina Building the Bridge podcast exists as a platform for the voices of apostolic leadership. Here, guests respond to racial and cultural topics from a biblical, historical, and experiential perspective. The South Carolina District Building the Bridge ministry seeks to contribute to the continued advancement of diversity within the United Pentecostal Church International by effectively working towards evangelizing the African-American and Black community. This work involves promoting the inclusion and cultural affirmation within the South Carolina District while providing resources and advice to UPCI ministers on matters of importance to the African-American and Black community. By working with National Building the Bridge leadership, local pastors, and ministers, including those newly licensed, South Carolina District Building the Bridge endeavors to promote the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church. For more information, visit buildingthebridgeministries.com or contact me at scbtbministries at gmail.com. I'm here in Houston, Texas for the 2023 Building the Bridge Conference hosted by Royal Wood Church. I want to thank Pastor Ron Macy and his team for hosting what has been a ministry shifting event. By the way, all sessions are streaming live on Royal Wood Church YouTube channel. What you're about to hear is the recording from a men's breakout session that occurred Thursday morning, June 15th. Pastor Damon Peavy Sr. from Zion Temple of Pentecost in Charlotte, North Carolina, speaks to the men about their role in the home and in the community. This message is a great reminder to men that we are the glue that bonds the home and the community. Join our mailing list at scbtbministries.bio.link. Again, that's scbtbministries.bio.link. You'll see the first link on that page. A way to join our mailing list, stay up to date on all things that are occurring with the South Carolina Building the Bridge Ministry. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We have a, a dedicated website for you to listen to if you don't have those streaming services. Wherever, pretty much wherever you listen, you can download this podcast. Here is Pastor Damon Peavy Sr. I'm going to challenge us men here uh, this particular morning. The book of Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 25, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. Verse 28, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. Father, we thank you this morning for this great opportunity to speak the word of God to these men today. I pray that you would stand in my body, think with my mind and speak with my lips that I might speak and bless these men today. I give you glory, I give you honor, and I give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 
Now, how many men that are married here do I have? May you show your hands. All right. Well, let, let me say this. If, if you are currently married or if you are one day planning to get married, you need to know and you need to remember what I'm about to say. Marriage is a continual workshop. Everybody say workshop. workshop. It is the type of workshop. I know men doesn't like going workshops. But marriage is a continual workshop. It's the type of workshop where the husband works and the wife shops. It's true. Now, let me ask you a question. What does the word husband stand for? Now, when you look at the word husband and you define it as an acronym, someone once said that husband as an acronym stands for H, he, you understands, S, situations, B, better, A, and N, never, D, disappears. Another way of defining the word husband as an acronym, someone said, the meaning of the word husband stands for he's humble, understanding, supportive, benevolent, accountable, nurturing, and dedicated. But lastly, the one I think you might like, but I really like, Another acronym that describes the word husband, it stands for, now you're ready for this one. It stands for husband is handsome, unique, smart, or sexy. B, but, A, at, in, night, D, dangerous. Amen. He's handsome, he's unique, he's sexy, but at night, he's dangerous. Now, on, on a serious note, if, if we're going to define the role of the husband in the home, or the black community, or any ethnic community, for that matter, we must understand the origin of this word. According to the Oxford Dictionary of English Etymology and the Online Etymology Dictionary. The word husband comes from the old English word husbanda. Husbanda is spelled H-U-S-B-O-N-D-A. That is the word husbanda. As a matter of fact, according to the Oxford Dictionary of English Etymology, the, the word husband comes from two words put together. And these two words are house, bond. Therefore, as the husband, based on the etymology dictionary and the definition, husbands, mean your responsibility is to be the one in your home who holds and bonds the house together. As the house bond, men, 
You are the foundation in building the home and putting it all together. Amen. If you are a husband here today or you one day plan to be a husband, your job, your responsibility is like super glue. You have the responsibility to bond the family together. You are the husbanda or the house bond for your family. Oh, by the way, you have to understand if you are married, you, you need to know this too, that the woman to whom you are married to, she is your baby. You, you know, God did not take the woman from the soil of the ground. However, he went inside the male and pulled out a female. God made man in his image, but he formed and pulled the woman out of the male. Essentially, what that would mean, I, I believe that the female, the wife in your life is your baby. That, that's why, if you think about this, that's why it's natural for many husbands to call their wife baby. It's in the genes. I've heard some of you men already say, baby. It's in the genes. But it's also important to understand that as a husband and as a father of your family, the most greatest responsibility you have is to be the manager of your home. Remember this, the management of the home is the greatest test of a man's leadership. So in order to be a house bond, you have five responsibilities as a biblical husband. Number one, you are to be a leader in your home. First Corinthians 11, 3, 11, 3. It says, but I would have you to know that the head of every man is Christ and the head of the woman is man and the head of Christ is God. Somebody say leader. 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 Leader, leader is not a Lord. Amen. The leader is not a dominating and abusive, neither mentally physically or verbally. A leader is not an angry bully or destructive man. According to the Bible, Jesus exemplified for us what leadership looks like. It is servant leadership. Leadership is important. In the home. Leadership is important in the role of a husband. And as a husband, that there's four aspects of leadership you must possess and exemplify in your home. One, a leader is one that will be proactive. A leader, a man in the home is one that will pursue God. He will be a pastor or priest in his home. And he will be a protect, a protector. Yeah. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother 
and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now look at this verse. It, it, it speaks to me to say that men initiate things. Men are proactive. Amen. But it is true. We have to be honest. We have a pandemic today, and I ain't talking about COVID. We have a pandemic today in men where men have become passive and do not initiate. However, it is to be that men are supposed to rise up and to be proactive. When God came to man to say to Adam, he said, where are you? He didn't ask the question to the woman. He asked it to the man. Why? Because God expects men to carry the responsibility. All right. All right. And one of the leadership responsibilities you have as a man is you must be intentional. And you must initiate things. The second role of a leader as a man is you must pursue God. A man cannot be a good leader if he's not first a good follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. I never expected my son to be a good a good follower of Jesus Christ if I was not setting the example before him. A man cannot lead his home if he's not being led by the Spirit of God. You cannot lead your home if you're not being led by the Spirit of God. Amen. And if you are a pursuer of God, you must be led by the Spirit of God. That means every man must be a disciple of Jesus Christ. This is why the manual and the guidebook for our life as men is the Bible. The manual is not how your unsaved daddy treated your mama. The manual for your life is not how your unsaved granddaddy Treated your grandma. The Bible describes for us in the scriptures how we as men ought to treat our wives and our children. So, man, you can only be a good leader, a good husband, a good father. If you are a good follower of the word of God. When I got saved, I, I, I made up my mind, whatever God called me to do. I, I said, the greatest responsibility I have is to save my family. Amen. My philosophy was, if I win the world and lose my family, what good is that going to do? If I win the world and I lose my son, what good will that do? Amen. Amen. Third quality of a leader as a husband is you are the pastor. Or the priest of your home. Amen. A pastor in the home? What are you talking about? What does that mean to be the priest and the pastor in the home? I mean, there's only one who bears more responsibility for the spiritual trajectory of the household than you as the man and the spiritual leader of your home. This means if you're going to be the leader of your home, 
This means, husbands, you must lead by example. Amen. Amen. I'm not standing up here telling you something. I'm not trying to live. I thank the Lord at times when my son says certain things that he feels are accolades to me. He said, the greatest thing I can say about my father is he's consistent. I try to live what I preach. I don't try to say one thing and do another. Amen. You got to lead by example, men. You got to lead your wife and your children in prayer. You got to lead the way in worship. Studying the word of God. We are priests in our homes. This means that as husbands, we are to bring our families to church on Sunday. Oh, oh, well, 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 they got games and other things to do. No. What? They got, got games and other stuff to do. No. You the pastor of the home. You decide what they do. My son knew if he ever came to me saying, I, I don't want to go to church today. He knew he was going to find another place to live. Even when he went to the university, he knew even though I'm going to school, staying at home, I'm not coming to dad saying, I don't want to go to church. Because you're going to find another place to live and the school we paying for, you're going to pay for it. They got other stuff to do. What? Even, even guests that come to my home. They know if you living in my house and you spending the night as a guest, you going to church. Unless you sick. No, y'all going to go. We, we going to stay. No, you ain't staying in my house. Putting that spirit in my house that you don't want to go to church. Men, you decide to bring your family to church or not. You, man, listen, you don't ask no 10 or 12-year-old kid what you want to do on Sunday. What? You don't ask no 10-year-old what they want to do. You tell them you're going to church. Why? Because you're the leader of the home. Another thing is that as men, you, you got to do this. You, you have to live it in front of your children. Real husbands, real men, real priests in the home is not somebody who only brings the family to church, but brings faith to the family and brings church to the family. First, the fourth quality of the role of a leader is he's a protector. God created men to be physically stronger than women so that we can protect our families. God didn't give you muscles as men so you can raise your hand. And be abusive against your wife. Now, if we got any men up in here that, that are being abusive to their wife, you, you, you need to be in the prayer room. You need to repent. You need to ask God to forgive you if you are physically, verbally, or mentally abusing your wife. Don't shout, pray, and repent. It is not the will of God for no man to be abusive. Physically, verbally, or mentally. We got too many wives that are being abused mentally by their husbands. You the protector, not beat her up. 
You to protect her and lift her up, not put her down. God gave us muscles to protect our wives, to protect our families, not to be bullies over them, but to be builders and protectors of our family. As a husband, you are not a lord, but you are a leader over your family. Jesus didn't abuse the church, nor should any man abuse his wife. There's no room in a home for a dominating, ruling, controlling, suppressing, and undermining a daughter of God in a godly home. Being the head, you know something, I'm the head. Let me tell you something, being the head does not make you a control freak. Being the head does not give you the permission to oppress. Being the head does not give you the permission to dominate and control and allow a Jezebel spirit to run through you. We, we, we the house bond or the husbanda. And so the second thing that I want to say about us as men, husbands, we are not only leaders, but we are also to be laborers. Somebody say labor. labor. In Genesis chapter 2 verse 5, it says the Lord took man and put him on the couch and asked him to play video games and watch his glass-eyed cousin television all night. God took man and made him to work. Not sit on the couch and play video games. And watch his glass-eyed cousin all night. Come on now. Somebody said glass-eyed cousin. What is that? I'm talking about television. Television. Come on now. Genesis 2, 5 says, And every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. There was, In other words, there was not a man to work the ground. The Lord God put man in the garden of Eden. He put him there to tend and to, to, to keep it and to work it. Men, God is not an idol God. Even Jesus said, my father is working and I'm working too. John 5, 17 in the Amplified Version, it says, but Jesus answered them, my father has been working unto now. He has never ceased working and I'm working too. Our God is a working God. And he has created us men as working men. New Testament, the Apostle Paul writes, 1 Timothy 5, 8 in the Amplified Version, if any man fail to provide for his own, and especially those of his own family, he is denied faith by discarding its precepts and is worse than an unbeliever who fulfills his obligation in these matters. And yeah, we got a, we got a pandemic. I'm telling you, we got a pandemic today of lazy men no. Come on. Come on. who don't want to work. Yes, sir. All right. Some over spiritualized things too. 
Say, God, God, God called me to ministry. God called me to ministry. God, God called, God called me to reach the nations. That, that's, that's completely fine. But remember, your Savior, Jesus Christ, came to die. But he spent many of his years of living on the earth doing manual labor. Even historians believe that Jesus spent the unrecorded years of his life in his hometown working with his dad as a carpenter. Jesus had a world to save. Yes, he did. He had people to heal. Yes, he did. Yet Jesus spent most of his adult life working. So don't make the excuse. I don't need to work. God just called me to intercessive prayer. I don't need to work. But God just called me to preach. Well, my, my son started fitting the call of God. And I said, when you get your license, you better know one thing. You're going to get a J-O-B. Because I said, look, look across the, 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 the spectrum. You, you, know, you, you, you know, some can go full time and, and, and that can be their lifestyle. I understand that. But for the majority, you know, I said, you know, you, you know everybody ain't just going to be calling your name and your phone number. So get a J-O-B. Because <laughs> what I'm trying to teach the principle is, 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 is if you're going to want to have a family, that's your ministry. If you have a wife and you have children, you got to provide for them. But then, then you got these other men. I know any of y'all here, but you're going to meet some of them. I, I have, I've counseled with some of them. You got some of these other men. They're not the spiritual guys. They the dreamy guys. I'm talking about these are the guys that got more dreams than Martin Luther King Jr. They got more dreams than Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. These are the guys that want to sit around and don't want to work. But, but this is what they do. They say, I got, I got a business idea. And you know what? This business idea is going to cause or require about $30,000, $40,000, $50,000 investment. So they push their wife to work two jobs, three jobs to finance the idea, which in most cases, the business idea ridiculous from the beginning. And wouldn't take off if you even put it before a professional business plan. They look at this and say, this ain't flying. So, so what happens is these dreamers, they got more dreams than Martin, Martin Luther King. They find these women, get married to them. They working. They sit around on the couch playing video games. You know, believing. Honey, honey. Or baby, I heard in the men's meeting, baby, you, you my baby, baby. Could you invest in our dream and we can make millions. In other words, your money will make millions and my ideal will make millions. This is when that woman, she need to get a bonus to tell that man, get up off the couch, go get a job. I'm not Bank of America. I'm not gonna finance your dreams. You 35 years of age, you 40, whatever your age is, you, you need to go get a job. You need to finance your own dreams. And, and most people know uh, nowadays that business to, businesses today don't work if you don't. 
You must work. You have to go and actually work. But sitting there playing video games, thinking somebody going to sponsor your dreams. Dream, let, me tell you, let me tell you something. Dreams don't pay bills. Work does. The Bible clearly states, Proverbs 14, 23, in all labor, there's profit. But mere talk leads only to poverty. Proverbs 14, 23, Message Bible says, hard work always pays off. Mere talks put no bread on the table. In other words, there is no profit in just dreaming. There's profit in work. Why don't you think about something real quickly? You know, the Bible says Joseph went into the house to work for Potiphar. Potiphar's wife tempted him, but he didn't have no time for her. But David came out of sleep where he probably was sleeping all day on the balcony. He saw naked Bathsheba and couldn't resist her. I believe men who work apply themselves to their business are men who can more likely overcome temptation. Real quickly, real quickly, number three. You got to be loyal. Men, you got to be loyal. Matthew 5, 28. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her have committed adultery with her already in his heart. Number one, if you are going to be a loyal man of God, you got to stop allowing flirtation to happen to you. Men, you cannot walk in purity if you don't stop accepting and tolerating flirting by women that the devil has sent to assassinate your marriage. You got to stop tolerating flirtation at work. You got to stop tolerating flirtation on the internet and online. You got to stop tolerating flirtation by keeping old dating profiles active. Let me tell you something. These women nowadays will flirt. They bold. They bold. I might not get filmed to tell this story. They bold. I was, a, I was at work a couple of months ago. I worked for Bank of America. and I was at work and, uh, in, in one of our cafeterias, and, and uh, all of a sudden, a, a lady came up to me. She said, excuse me, excuse me. She said, I just told my coworker I, I just got to go over here and talk to him. She said, excuse me. She said, can I ask you a question? And I said, yes. She said, she said are you married? And right when she said, are you married, she, she said, before you answer that question, don't break my heart. <laughs> now let me finish let me finish let me finish now listen I ain't got much time so let me finish she, she said are you married she said are you married I said yes I am I've been married 31 years and happily been married she said do you know you're breaking my heart right now don't. she said are you, break, you breaking my heart don't break my heart right now I guess she thought I was going to say well I'm married but we can still talk <laughs> She said, are you married? I said, yes, I'm married. I've been married 31 years and happily married. She said, you're breaking my heart. Don't break my heart. Do you really want to break my heart? I said, I'm in my flesh. I said, I might want to break your flat, your face. <laughs> These women are flirtatious. And you can't stay loyal to your wife if you tolerate and accept flirtation. Grass ain't always greener. 
called my wife. I said, baby, you ain't, you brace yourself. <laughs> she said, she said, I see you walking all the time uptown and you got shirt on in town and you're, you're nice dressed. See, I go to work like this every day. I might not have a jacket on, but I, I, I said, if I'm going to go to church looking good, I'm going to go to work looking good. All right. See, I said, yeah, I said, listen, I said, I can't believe, I told my wife, I, I can't believe this. <laughs> Real quickly, let, let me move on. Number four, I, I, I'm about, how much more time? Five minutes. Number four, not only are you a leader, a laborer, you got to be loyal, but you got to be a learner. You got to learn your wife instead of fantasizing about how the grass greener be faithful to your own wife. Water your own grass. Be a learner of your wife. In other words, what that means, if you know what she likes, do it. If you know what she does not like, don't do it. Learn your wife. Guess right, you got to please her. Lastly, I got more to say than I got time, but I, I'm respectful of time. Last, you got to be a lover. Not only is you, are you a leader, you got to be a laborer, you got to be loyal, you got to be a learner, but you got to be a lover. Husbands, love your wives and be not bitter against them. You got to learn to love your wife. Do something for her. If, if I, I, my wife's not here, my son's not here, we're having a district conference. But, but because she's in, in our camp meeting or our district conference, I know she's at the house. But normally when I go out of town or I go somewhere, I, the day I leave, I, I go and get some online flowers sent to the house. Sometimes I get off work and leave the bank and on my way home I pick up some flowers. Nothing special, just to give her a gift. I want to know I love her. Love her by spending time with her. Love her by doing some chores. Do something around the house. My wife, no, we can have company, and I mean, we can have a host of people. She says, because it's my, ace, my OCD, and I'm so uh, anal, and you know, everything. I, I, I start cleaning up the house, putting dishes in the dishwasher, washing dishes. All right. Come on. I, want, I want you cook. You've done all this. I want you to know I love you. Do the simple things. Touch her without in- initiating wanting to have some sex with her. Compliment her. Let her know how pretty she looks. Be a lover. And I close. This is something I do with my wife often. Sometimes I'll, I'll sing to her. And there's a song that we sing to each other. And I'll say, love is kind. It's kind all the time. Yes, it's true. Because I love you. Now tell me you love me. And she'll say, I love you. And then I'll say, tell me you love me. She said, I love you. And I'll say, love is kind. It's kind all the time. Yes, it's true. Because I love you. Man, we got to be lovers. Let's all stand. Lift your hands right now. Father, in the name of Jesus. We give you glory. We give you honor. We ask God you help us to be better men In the mighty powerful name of Jesus Christ We love you, we thank you Give the Lord a hand clap of praise
I mean, it's appreciated. You be seated for one moment. Amen. Brother Barnes and Brother Peavy has blessed us in a really, really rich way. And we got maybe two or three minutes. If somebody got any questions or comments to any of their messages, amen. They, Brother Barnes is in the back. Brother Peavy is here. If anybody got anything um, regarding what they taught us this morning, one thing we can tell you, these brothers came in on fire. Amen. Glory to God and stirred us all up. And uh, we appreciate that. But anybody got anything before we close out in prayer? Brother Harold. Did anybody record that fire Brother Barnes gave here just a minute ago? Anybody record that? No, no. He recorded yours. Nobody recorded Amen. Praise God. Amen. Say something, brother. Does anybody, amen, anybody got any comments to what they taught us this morning? Awesome. I'll say something. Yes, sir. Go ahead, my brother. He talked about, about loving your wife. Have you guys heard of the love languages? Yes. 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 So, you guys, so that's something that me and my wife do uh, when we deal with other couples that we meet. So definitely kind of spread that out. And it's definitely about the way of physical touch and words of affirmation. So that's definitely yes, something yes, my wife and I have found very beneficial. Amen. Amen. Somebody else. Glory to God. If there's no other. You better get the right side. Glory to God. Yeah. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Brothers, let's go ahead and stand. Let's lift our hands and thank God for this fellowship this morning. Father, we thank you so much. For the word of God, for using these men of God. We thank you for the encouragement to evangelize, to love our wives, to love our children, to love our families, to lead our families. God, give us the mind, Lord God, to reach our harvest, to empower them with your word, with this gospel, Lord, that you've given us today. God, thank you, Lord, for these men that are here in this conference, God. We ask you to continue to lead us and to guide us in the mighty and powerful name of Jesus today. We glorify you in this place. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Brothers, we're going to transition downstairs.